Hello, I'm Claire Cooper. And I'm April Wilde. It's time to kick back, relax, and surrender. Surrender. Welcome to With Intention Podcast, a place where we grow, we flow, we delve deeper, and peel back those layers and just learn a little bit more. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So welcome back to this week's podcast. We are super excited today to welcome a very special guest, Rumi Thapar, onto the podcast. And Rumi's journey is so, so inspiring to me. As an entrepreneur, spearheading the growth of a really big business in actually vegan chocolate. And it's called Love Raw, her incredible business. And Love Raw is a company creating the best damn vegan chocolate I have ever tasted. (laughs) And I got obsessed with these, especially through lockdown. I couldn't resist. The brand you will see popping up everywhere in supermarkets and shops across the country, while still maintaining an honest, ethical and no artificial nonsense approach. Shaking up any stigma that vegan chocolate isn't any good. (laughs) So Rimi started out in 2013 from a kitchen table with a startup budget of only £600. And now she sells millions of chocolate bars in stores such as Waitrose, Asda, Holland and Barrett and many more. But today we wanted to chat to Rimi about her story, how she got into this successful business, how she maintains balance with raising three children and all the inspirations that go on in life. So I just wanted to welcome you, Rumi, to the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. And uh, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and welcome, Claire. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. And I have to say, before we get going, you are actually, or your company is actually part of my husband and I, our, our date night every Friday, because oh, he, really? he, is, uh, he is like a number one fan of you guys. And um, he went, just, are you, are you talking to them? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to talk to them. He was like, okay, well, just tell them I just love their chocolate so much. I mean, you oh, literally are part of our date night that. every Friday. And they do like, but your food is amazing. It, you know, we have a little stash on our couch. Here I am with one right now. And um, yeah, thank you for creating something so amazing. Oh, I mean, thank you. It's amazing to watch your story. So I met you many years ago through my vegan cafe, Wild and Wild. And like, yes, to see your growth and success, even through like lockdown, through COVID. And it just seems like you're popping up everywhere, your brand. And I just wanted to kind of to start off um, talk about your story. How did you land where you are now? You know, um, was it something you were always interested in from a child? Did you want to get involved in business or yeah, where tell us a little bit about your story here. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, my my parents were both entrepreneurs. My um my mum and my grandparents, they had a textile factory and you know, my my dad had a news agent. So I guess I grew up with entrepreneurial parents and I always saw, you know, it was never easy. I always saw the struggles. And I guess coming from an Asian background, I think my parents put academic performance quite high on kind of expectations. And through their own struggles with business, they always kind of put forward for me that they wanted me to get out there and get a good education and get a solid 
job that's stable. I never thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I went down that route. I did, you know, if I'm going back, I wanted to be a fashion designer. But then again, still, my mum was like, what are you going to do with that? It's, it's, you know, it's too, like, unstable. So, you know, thinking, you know, I, I did economics. My brother did economics. It was a safe degree. And then I went on into banking, worked in the banking for six, seven years. And, you know, I got where I wanted to be. I, I was working for, a, you know, an investment bank in, in London, you know, on a great salary. And I met my husband at the time and he was living in Spain. And at that point, I thought I was fulfilled in my career and that's what I wanted to do. But he was living in Spain and he had his own business out there. And when we got engaged, it was like, OK, so are you going to move to London with me is he going to move to London with me or am I going to move out to Spain where he is so he was self-employed and it was almost like he had invested a lot of time and effort in his business and I thought okay I will transfer maybe jobs and you know I I went to get a job within private banking in Gibraltar which wasn't too far from where he was because it's a tax-free jurisdiction I thought maybe they've got private banks there and you know, in the midst of us getting married and me moving abroad, my dad felt quite ill. So he had um, a brain hemorrhage. So uh, I'm so sorry. No, it's Mm. okay. It's been, gosh, 12 years now. So um, and, you know, he he was absolutely fine. It's more of a shock because he was just getting ready for work one day and he collapsed. So that was the start of his illness. So he had Um, a severe brain hemorrhage where he had a large bleed on the brain and um, the best case scenario was that he would be in a wheelchair and he would feed himself that's the best case worst case that he would be in a nursing home and and be able not be able to speak not be able to feed himself and need two people to look after him kind of around the clock and it was a worst case yeah, I mean, so just to process that, like, did you take some time off work and just kind of just, it must have been so much to process alongside this, where should we be based? Where should we live? And that it was, seems to all know what? It was, it was just before I moved to Spain that that mm-hmm. happened, like maybe, you know, maybe a year before that I planned. And then it was, you know, I was in my mid twenties, living in London, just moved there, you know, I, a typical, you know, postgraduate going out with my friends on a Thursday, Friday night, hungover on the weekend. But then my life changed. It was my mum and my sister, they were back home in the Midlands and I would finish work on a Friday. I would take the train home and I would go back on a Sunday night and I would relieve my mum and my sister of going to the nursing home. So I used to spend all my weekends, either at the nursing home or going to see Marnev maybe once a month. Um, so it was. Um, it puts thing. It puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Your life a bit when something like that happens. Like I found out when the shock of when my mum was ill. It kind of just makes you think about the whole picture in a way. So maybe do you think does. that was kind of a seed of what a seed of what you wanted to do then for the future, where you wanted to be, and what it you wanted to do. It, it still didn't kind of the penny still didn't drop for me then I was just trying to process kind of his illness and kind of fast forwards I mean he was like that for about two and a half years in that period we got married I'd moved to Spain and I'd lost my dad and I was really close to my dad so it was um really hard and I kind of got to Spain and I was I was in this amazing country beautiful Andalusia 
and I should have been making friends, learning the language, and newly married. And instead, I was depressed. I wouldn't go out the house, and I wouldn't get dressed. I wasn't motivated to do anything, not even look for a job. I mean, that was like the least of my kind of thing. I just didn't really want to do much. But, you know, months had passed, and the only thing that really got me out of it was, you know, they used to have farmer's markets in a different location each uh, week. So it would be in like a little town like called Cohen and, you know, Mihas and things like that. So I, I went and you know what? I loved going there. It, they picked fresh produce and these farmers, you know, they were three generational. You'd see like the granddad, dad, son. Um, it, and, you know, it just lifted me out of that black hole. Like I loved meeting these people, eating their produce eating better made me feel better and I just it just snowballed from there so I kind of ate more kind of less processed foods and then gave up dairy and kind of meat and then it just kind of resonated from there how good I felt physically and mentally and I wanted to share this with my family and friends and I thought this is what I have to do this this is what I was meant to do and, and was this I worked, a big shock to your family like was this was it a massive transition were you a family that ate a lot of dairy and ate a lot of other things no, generally or you know what? No. I mean I'm Indian like and you know we're very <laughs> social like eat 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 kind of meat and like alcohol and you know so it was you know the when big I did, family get yeah, together and all that yeah. it was like so my mom was like yeah so and she, she, she's very respectful of kind of the decisions that we made. And it was just, that's it. Like we kind of gave the decision to kind of go vegan. And then when I tried to look for kind of premium snacks on the market, there was just really rubbish kind of snacks. And I felt really passionate where it said it was healthy and it was labeled in a certain way. And then it wasn't. And I thought, you know what, that's it. I'm going to start making snacks. And I tried to set up the business in Spain and it was yeah. there's too much red tape. They don't set, uh, support entrepreneurs there. So we made a big decision. And Mana's parents said, you know, you can move us in with us in Manchester and kind of just start the business. So I left Mana in Spain and I packed my bags again. Oh, wow. Back to the UK. Yeah. yeah and, that's um, so and, and, I, and I just. Because like, you kind of yeah. think if you tiny little moments in our life really set the storyline for where you are now like having your brand everywhere across the UK if you hadn't taken that step to come back to the UK it might not have happened That's yeah incredible. And, and in a way like in a bittersweet way had my dad not passed away I wouldn't have started the business like I wouldn't have gone through that period of grief and you and know growth in a way yeah it, it, yeah it's a weird one isn't it grief because I lost my mum a year ago and I feel like it's kind of put my life into perspective, obviously, to appreciate things more, but also to look at my life as a whole, like, what do I, what is authentic to me now to do going forward? And, you know, I've always had a dream as well of like doing some kind of product based business online or growing something like that. So did you always have a big vision then when that came to you? Oh, we'll start up a snack company. Um, And did you see it as like so going so big or was it just going to be like a small thing that you did on the side or had you had big visions from the start no not at all like in a way and it's come to me more recently now I didn't really process the death of my dad I 
poured all of my energy into Love Raw and started this business. And I was working like 18 hour days. And, you know, I left Mana in Spain and I came here to Manchester. I didn't know anyone. I didn't really have any friends. So all I was doing was work. And, and that's, you know, still it's been 12 years and it still feels quite raw sometimes of losing him. And I'm, I think I'm processing the loss of him more now than I did back then in a way which is a bit weird but I what do you feel like now I don't know if you find this but after you've been established for a long time you get I don't know if you find this within your team or your growth of your business you've got more key people that you can delegate to and roles that you can delegate out and have you got a little bit more free time now to kind of process more to maybe Look, she's smiling maybe everybody yeah, for those people no, that means no. probably not but <laughs> let's see what your answer is <laughs> you know what I wish that were the case and textbook <laughs> yeah. textbook yeah that should be the case but it's not it's it doesn't I'm, happen I'm, like that does it sometimes no. it's just like you, especially well you're going through a big era of growth though I would say that you're yeah. still at the cusp of going even more global so it's like with any big business you're going a bit higher with that and you've got such a big team now and so yeah I, I guess especially when you've just gone through the Easter holidays I'm sure chocolate is like booming right now yeah, do you know, yeah, do you know what I was thinking as well um a lot of people want to know whether did you have any major curveballs along the way that really sort of you were scaling up and then you you got setbacks and I think a lot of people out there can relate to people that have really championed their brand and got them got it to where you have but it wasn't necessarily straightforward or was it pretty straightforward no no it wasn't and the thing is if you know our brand today you'll probably know us for chocolate and you know that's what everyone thinks that we've always done but it but it wasn't so we entered the category into the market with these cold press raw bars and it was dried fruit and it was nuts and superfoods and that's what we launched with in 2013 and then after that we launched these superfood powder blends um and then after that it was it were these uh they, they were almond drinks kind of small carton almond drinks and we got them in waitrose but the thing is we entered like three of those categories and each of them were you know innovative and you know at that point in time but they were very niche I don't think consumers were ready for them and I don't think grocery or supermarkets were ready for them but then when in 2018 I thought okay we we need to enter the indulgent chocolate category there's so many products that were maybe plant-based or healthy and I say healthy in like you know inverted commas because that is so subjective to everyone and we don't want to preach about health because what may be healthy to me isn't healthy to you um so we kind of simplified that on our messaging But as soon as we entered that indulgent chocolate category in 2018, it was just clear to us that that's all we had to focus on. You know, so several months after that, we discontinued the bars and the blends and the drinks because it's so hard to distribute and to keep one category alive, let alone four. So that's what's been our bread and butter for the last, you know, four, four and a half years. And were you nervous when you made that switch? You thought, or were you really you you knew intuitively this is exactly what we should we've got all the data and I feel like this is exactly what we should be doing because you know moving to the chocolate you know because I would be like oh we started off here but you know I'm gonna have to move to here and funny, it's hard to let go sometimes I bet it, yeah it, it it is and but then in a way you can't take things you can't 
hold on to things and take them too personally. It was, it was the products that we launched the business with, but it wasn't working for us. The thing is with cold press raw bars, we, we were successful because we were one of the first onto the market, but then it became a commodity because the barriers to entry were low and so many brands were coming out of it. And then it became about price. NAS was a premium product and yeah. we were getting left behind. You have to move with the times and what consumer demands. Um, but, you know, we were sensible about it in the sense that we discontinued them when the chocolate category was at the right rate. You know, we were getting a good turnover from the chocolate but then it was okay let go of the other categories which has served us really well you know in the previous years we've made so many we've learned so much from those previous categories made so many mistakes that we applied it you know to our fourth category to really try and kind of ramp ramp up and kickstart and give it kind of the best start so yeah so they were like the rehearsal they were the rehearsal the other one you know and then this is the uh this is the actual performance now that's happening and and like I say you know we really enjoy your food and uh you know please continue to make it because it's it's such an important part to our date night oh thank you I mean it's it's like been um I've seen your growth like from because I think we used to buy we used to buy the uh the raw bars you did and like the you know the the like the fruit ones and things because we were living in Wilmslow at the time and it was about probably 12 years since I went vegan and it was probably similar time when you launched yeah and it was incredible I think then we were midway through doing Wildemar Cafe and we just saw all of a sudden I just remember your Instagram just going bananas and like it was was it like one key year like was it through like pre-pandemic or was it through lockdown you really soared what's funny it's it's like as soon as covid and lockdown hit you know before then we weren't really in any supermarkets we were more Mm. in like independents and health stores and and you know that just closed down overnight you know with covid because it was only the main supermarkets that were open so you know things took you were pushed you pushed to go right supermarkets come on let's get in there (laughs) well thing is we had to like re-strategize first our direct consumer, we didn't even think about doing that until a couple of years later. So we had to think, okay, quickly, let's get online. Let's serve the consumers, you know, our kind of loyal customers that are expecting, um, you know, us to go online. So we did that. But then we changed up our strategy, you know, to, to be in more convenient stores, like your Budgins, your Spa, your Nisa. So we took someone on and it took a few months, you know, it took about six, seven months, but then our distribution changed um so then we were in these convenience stores and our direct to consumer really took off you know at the start of covid because you know when your business is at risk you know we you know we just we just didn't hang around we just kind of got on to yeah we just we just overnight but you know we created an online we created an online shop for our business overnight like I know a lot of people have that anyway but we were just like we had everyone had to adapt it was like go 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 come on like like how can we bring in more revenue how can we keep our team going pay people furlough all of this and it's just I think that time actually made people have to work harder than ever before and then having your kids off school and like I don't know how you balanced all that like that's how how do you you balance yeah that's a good question actually how do you actually balance kids work do you balance it or is it is it just like a a free-for-all and we'll see what each day brings you know what I I take each day and week as it comes I um 
you know, like the, one of them goes to school and two of them go to nursery. So I'm quite thankful, you know, the nursery, they don't have like long holidays, you know, like schools do. And my daughter's seven now. So, you know, I, I'll sometimes just bring her into work or, yeah. you know, thankfully, you know, grandparents are close by, you know, or I'll put her in clubs. But, you know, I, I, I rely on kind of nursery school or clubs, you know, so I can work. But work doesn't stop, you know, in the evening. You know, it carries on on the weekend. Yeah. People don't realise, yeah. Yeah. People don't realise how hard. Sorry, we keep talking. (laughs) There's a delay. Sorry to everyone listening. Um, But people don't realise how hard people work when they've got their own business. Well, those that have their own business do. But you carry on till the early hours of the morning working. And then you've got Mm. all the emotion that you carry, the sort of conflict, which I... I'm a newish mom and I never thought I would have that conflict of running businesses and children, but it does affect me. And it, does it affect you ever that sort of feeling of oh, <laughs> the pull, the pull that women talk about? Cause oh. I never understood it before. It's been, I think since the day I gave birth, I've had that. I've had that. I didn't get maternity leave. I had to go back after a few months because, you know, we were a small team and I was ne- needed to go back to work. Um, and you know it's ah uh, yeah it's it's just it's hard I can't I can't say that I try and keep things separate I try and keep you can't keep things separate because everything spills into one another but I think as the children get older I can speak to them and I can try and make them understand like what we're doing with work um and in a way I think when they're young, they don't really understand. I think that's more the guilt lies with you because you feel like you haven't spent time with them enough. But, and, and all they want is your kind of, your love and your attention. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not what the several things that you've planned over the Easter holidays. It's, you know, staying home in your pyjamas and just, you know, playing games with them. And, and that's all they want. But my, my daughter now understands what we do. And she she always says, when I'm older, I want to work for Love Raw. She knows the importance oh, of so what that's so lovely. That's yeah. so nice. And but you're know, a role model. Instantly, oh. you become a role model to your daughter. And, and you, I don't, have you got boys as well? Yeah, I've got two boys. Two boys and, you know, one one is almost two. One's four and Marnie's seven. And she understands a little bit better. But then, you know, equally, she does understand. But then sometimes when I have to go away for work a couple of nights, she's like, please don't go. Like, I don't want you to go. And then I have to sit down with her and kind of explain. She's a little bit more mature and say, look, I have to do this because this is what's going on at work. You know, and I I don't sugarcoat it. I literally tell it her as it is. Um, But I think that's good, though, because, you know, I had I had parents that were away, you know, a lot. Well, not I'm not saying you're away a lot, but they grew a national multinational business across a global scale. But like because they were very engaged when I was with them and they were honest with me and they explained the situation of we've got to travel a bit and we've got to be we might be home a bit late. I think that we put a lot of pressure on our shoulders these days. Like we yeah. don't have the community that we once had, you know, that with all our family living close yeah. by and it's, it, we, we, we just have to do your best. And I think we have so much pressure, especially as mums and me yeah. and Claire talk about a lot on the show, but it, as long as we have, you know, then lovely moments and presence, we yeah. have to try and get, especially listeners that are listening. I think we need to shake off this mum guilt. Don't we sometimes, because yeah. we have got it. We've got to raise, we want to raise conscious little 
family but also that they have passion and inspiration to do what they dream of doing when they're old enough as well yeah and and they take everything in you know that whole you know the first seven years of their life that's when they form their their conscious and their opinions and that's what they're going to take with them for the rest of their life they they will know in that first seven years of what they've seen is right or wrong and they'll that's the foundation of their life so what they see and experience in you and you know your children they're a product of their environment so you know they pick everything up and and you know it's yeah it's and sometimes we do have that conversation you know my friend's gone to you know um center parks or mallorca but you know where you know we didn't we don't have the time to go away because we can't leave work and you know Mm. also you know going on the part that you know we don't pay ourselves a lot you know we're taking the sacrifice for work if i look at myself in my peers in banking you know they're getting paid you know a lot more than i am and you know they go they go away every holidays but you know we have to you know budget a little bit more and think okay you know what we go away maybe in the summer so we can't go away you know every time and it's interesting this isn't it like being on the other end because I think when I set up my business I think I was a bit naive that I didn't realize you can't really pay yourself that much until you really really established like it's you end up actually paying a lot more employees and focusing on team happiness and wellness and yeah. it's tricky because like then you look at all the benefits you can get from like a full-time job and like in investment banking and the pension schemes and the healthcare yeah. and it's all this it's like a weighing up uh, in life and it's it's so bold of you to take that choice I think from going from that investment banking to this and but but then I think you live a more healthy and well life because you're doing yeah. something you believe in and it's you, you know, I mean, I, Emma actually gave me a bit of a nugget. So when you've got a um, an almost two year old, so you're probably having some of the tantrums, or at least they're brewing. You know, when kids really test you, and you're really tired with work, you've got loads to, of work to do. And and he gave me this really really nice nugget. And I don't know whether he got it from Instagram or somewhere, but he said, "Listen, try this when the kids are testing you. You've, you're 90 years old. This is the only memory that you're going to have." You're not going to have any other memory. They're going to give you this one memory of this, your, your, your toddler or child having a, a difficult time with whatever they're dealing with. How yeah. are you going to deal with it? And because it's the only memory you're going to have, you're going to deal with it with so much more compassion and love and time because that's yeah. all you've got. And I've been using yeah. that actually because, for example, like Ocean's been testing me going, wanting to stay up a little bit longer. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. he needs me. And I, I, I've i got loads of work to do. And that's the pull. I'm thinking I've got loads to do in the other room. This is my only time, my only window before I have to feed my baby in the other room. And he just needed me. And I just took that kind of notion on that Emma told me. And I've just sort of sat in it with him. Kind of worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it? It's like them little moments that you can just, you can flip around and, uh, well, yeah. I think I bet um, your company itself, like I bet your kids love that you own a chocolate company. That oh must help goodness. as well. Yeah, <laughs> good distraction. Do. Yeah, no, it, it is true. It's it's your perspective, and sometimes you've just got to kind of let go and everything, and and just be present with it. And um, I think that yeah. that that's what kind of helps. But I mean, going back, you know, it's going back to what I was saying about you know childcare as well like I spend a lot on childcare because two of them are in nursery and you know going back to your questions about how I how I juggle it you know I've only recently got help at home as well so I'll have someone that helps me with like domestic jobs at home and comes a few hours a day but that's what I choose to spend my money on rather than 
like banking it and going on holidays. I need yeah. to create that yeah. support network around me. And I, I, and I guess that's how I do it. That's how, you know, I, yeah. I, I rely on nursery and I rely on maybe help at home. And I'd, I'd rather invest in that, you know, than, than other things. That's what I have to prioritize in order to run the business. And scale it because, you know, if you if you want to scale a business, you're not going to be paying yourself a ridiculous salary. And I think that's where people get a little bit confused when you've got a, a brand such as your such as yours and other brands out there. They always think that everyone's paying themselves healthy, huge salaries. Yeah. And it's a it's, a, it's an illusion, yeah. guys out there. You know, it, it's really not it's not the way it is later down the line if you're lucky enough to get to that point. Yeah. And but it's such a graft. It really is. And yeah. I think um people just presume you're you're you know you're rolling in it and it's just not the way yeah and it's 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 tough like you know you just assume oh you've just launched into tesco oh you're you're going to be getting a good salary but it, it it's not it's, no i know you know well, they things take so much they take so much out of your like margins don't they it's crazy i mean it's yeah. a great platform though and that's what you're, you're looking at and that's yeah. the positive from it and you need that platform to access all all the the, the customers and so on and but yes certainly it's a huge negotiation with these big brands to get in can there I, uh, yeah. can I ask as well I I think for your chocolate company because there's so there's a lot of vegan chocolate companies out there but how did you come up with the branding and things because I've always noticed that your brand just stands out and I think it's really unique it's so fun and it's playful and it's colorful and um like I, I noted that um it, the, you and your husband like are on the brand that with this like shared jumper you're like you know your faces <laughs> yeah. are on it and it's really funny and yeah so what do you how did where did that come from like have you always been quite playful in branding or did you get advice on that you know what it's evolved again like when we started we were in these like rustic packets and that wasn't intentional it was because I couldn't afford a flow wrap machine and I was hand packing them and hand sealing them like in these kind of brown packets um, but since then, and love raw, you know, it was a raw product mm. in the early days, but it's not anymore. And I guess the raw element comes more from like an attitude with it being quite, you know, honest and transparent and stripped back. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think brands these days can be quite impersonal. And, you know, we've we've got a big story that's tied to our brand and we are the brands. You know, we're very much kind of a family business. I co-founded the business and my husband came, you know, he was always there in the background, but he came in more when I was pregnant with my first, with my daughter in 2015. And, and that's it. We've run it ever since. And it was a playful idea. Like, shall we put ourselves on the packaging? Well, I'm just looking now. Here you are looking super (laughs) cute as little characters on your, on your packaging. We had like a creative agency we worked with and they had other characters. And then it was somebody almost said, well, why don't we just put you guys on there? Like you guys should be the characters. And then that it was like, okay, shall we, you know, will it, would it be a bit narcissistic of us to put ourselves (laughs) on the packaging? I think the change, there's a big change going on in business because I think in the old days, it was very much like you just, it's all about the name of the company. But these days, people is so like with Instagram and social media, people want to hear the story. I think that's like with Wild and Wild, we weren't sure if we'd be successful, but because we put ourselves out there as the faces behind it, like, oh, you know, we're a family business and we love just serving up vegan food. And I think that's what you've done is just perfectly on like the time at the moment. Like it's, it's and your social media. 
Yeah. And it's, it's unique to you guys, right? So I, I haven't yeah. seen other people put their faces on on the, the packaging and why not? It's super cute though. It's kind of a bit retro. I like it. A bit shoreditchy. I like I like that vibe. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by Love Raw and we are so proud to be associated with them. They are the fastest growing plant-based company in the UK and for good reason. Their chocolate, it is next level. It is super delicious and it's not got any of the nasties in it. And we have a 25% off code that you can use on their website. Use this code, Raw Intention, at checkout. And don't forget to enjoy, which you won't because their products are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And your social media as well. Like it's so, it's different. Like it's really, you go out there and you really, um, have you got a team then that work with you just doing these funny creative things you do on socials? Like you've even got like a guy that, dressed like a Lavrov bar haven't you that goes out yeah, into the yeah. oh, everybody loves the mascots like we've got the mascots and you know what's really funny if you're having a really like crap day like you'll just like if anyone dresses up in the mascot outfit like it'll just cheer you up like because it's got this big smiley face on there and it just it is huge it's like over six foot and um yeah it, we just kind of included it on our socials we've got you know our marketing team we've got four of them and two are graphic designers and um we've got content creator and um you know collaborations but they all just do a fantastic job of you know just bringing the brand alive and just getting what we're about and portraying that you know we don't want to be too serious we don't want to be too preachy and you know it's not easy kind of you know when you do become more get your product out to more kind of mass consumers because you you don't want to offend anyone either so that's when we kind of cut all of our messaging down and we just thought we just want to focus on plant-based and vegan we're just plant-based and vegan um but we're playful and we want to and and that like you say it gives you an opportunity your socials to kind of bring that personality to life whereas you couldn't you know before socials it was all your packaging but now you know your branding is your socials and you know now with like tiktok and things yeah, all people must um, pick it up, though. I think you can't tell just from looking at it that it's like a vegan product as well. I think that's great because it gets people trying it. And I bet they have, a, I bet a lot message you having a shock after like, oh, wow, that, I didn't realize that was a vegan product. Like it just tastes, it literally tastes, like I said at the start, like a, a bueno bar, like, but even better. Like, Let's talk about taste. Yeah. I really yeah. want to talk about taste. I'm glad you mentioned that because the bueno bar is ridiculous. It's, you know, you've got some amazing flavors. Do you need any... Uh, taste tasters any taste testers always, yes always come on we are on this <laughs> I'm I'm willing I, I will drive miles uh to taste test your products but um how do you what do you do what's your you know what's what? your system we have in fact got a new product coming out so I, I will send you guys some products Ooh, um yes. got a new product coming out in a couple of weeks um what is it what is it tell us <laughs> actually when is this when is this airing ne- maybe next, next week, week so it might be a bit early for you oh yeah it's like it's like maybe two and a half weeks yeah oh, okay. well you yeah. hold that I, I, when, you, when you launched the ferro rocher that was like you know i like the ferro rocher look like um bars i was like oh my yeah. god like they've done the ferro rocher vegan i've always said i wanted someone to do that but is it something like that? Like, is it yes. something that... It's, it's a copy of, like, something that's already existing wow. kind of on the shelves. My yeah. husband oh, is going to go run... crazy. He it's really peanutty. is. It's peanutty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But um, 
yeah, like a Reese, I mean, maybe a Reese's bar. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you sit do you sit down and have all? Do you go right? This is what we need to create. You you know what the the other one you know what does really well out there. And you think well we can do this. We need and do you do loads of taste testing together? I and mean, it doesn't taste right. This one no, we need to keep going. It needs a bit more of this. You know, it, does all that you know happen? What's funny. <laughs> Um, like maybe about 15 minutes ago, you said something, you know, when we were launching, you were like, you had a look at category data. And, and the thing is, I'd love to say that we look at category data mm. like, and, and we do now, but at the start we didn't, we went on our gut feel and our intuition because there, I felt, you know, there was a gap in the market for indulgent vegan chocolate. Nobody did it. And I went on that hunch and I did took a big risk doing that. And that was then. But now we do look at the category data because we have to kind of do things. You know, we've got investors and, you know, we have to look at things, you know. Well, you've got a lot of products as well. I'm, I'm surprised that when I went on your website yesterday, I was like, you've got a lot of products. And like, even just to do one product, let alone, you know, like the, like the Bueno bar you do. Yeah. And I mean, how do you keep up with all that as well? Like on it's, stock it's, and all this. Yeah. Well, the... The Bueno, like like when, when we did the Reese's Buttercup, it was almost like that was the first product that we launched. And then after it was like, what what's the UK's number one best-selling chocolate? It's a Bueno. So then it was like, let's try and recreate a vegan Bueno. And that's kind of how we did it. There were several iterations and versions, you know, but we, we got there. And that's probably how we kind of come up with things like do a sample in, in the office, in the office kitchen, and then roll it out kind of at factory level um and then you know as as you know there's a big hype when you release you know and you launch a product but then kind of that goes back down and then noise from competitors come and th- it's such a crowded market you have to keep your brand alive by yeah. doing kind of flavor extensions or new products so that's Thanks. really important to it to us and it's about in to keep on innovating to keep come up have innovative products but to keep on innovating and and that's also quite difficult because that's right the, the competitors are always on your toes they're always sniffing around seeing what you're doing and can they do it better can they you know and and you've got to be constantly chasing yeah. your tail that's why you're working so blooming hard all the time because you you know you've yeah. got to keep on top of your game it's so competitive as well like when you go when you do get into the, you know the, the supermarkets there's so many other products there's so many other brands that are, you know, trying to fight for space and, you know, that consumer's only got a few seconds to pick. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's very competitive, but then I feel like we've been working on our brand and our brand exposure for the last, like maybe 12 to 18 months. And that's making difference. Our brand is getting more recognized by, by more consumers. Um, But there's still a long way to go. We're still, you know, like channel would you say social media like instagram tiktok which is your greatest platform that brings in the most amount of growth is it the supermarkets like just being there or um, what do you think probably our kind of our biggest kind of um our channel is kind of retail like we mainly have retail presence and, and then we have kind of direct consumer so um you know like for example over covid period our direct consumer was bringing in most of our turnover but now it is mostly retail you know our products impulse it's something that people buy you know in the last few seconds of thinking oh you know what that looks good I'll grab that you know and then when we when when we get kind of loyal customers then they will come on our website and buy a case 
That's you true. Know, That's but, my husband, um, by the way. If you're wondering who it is that yeah. keeps buying loads, it's my it's my <laughs> oh, husband. Tell him thanks. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, um, I, I always like I get tempted by your you're so good at your like texts and your um newsletter, you know, like your newsletter that comes in and the deals yeah. we just can't resist. I mean, I'm so excited. So actually maybe we can announce on here that you're gonna be you're gonna give an amazing discount for our listeners and we're gonna do yeah. like a little sponsorship, which is gonna be so exciting, and we're gonna do giveaways. Um, but I just think that how you promote your brand and you give a lot away to the customer, like, oh, here's a you know good 25% off or 20% off. And it it really it's great because it kind of it yeah. pulls you in or you do like nice offers around different holidays. And I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to keep engaged yeah. with customers. It's so important these days. But not so much that it kind yeah. of it becomes too much, you know, because otherwise I guess they would rely on that. You you just got to build up that relationship with them, I'm presuming. It's such yeah. a fine line because then you don't want to bombard them, you know, where they unsubscribe. But then, yes. but then some consumers will love it and then they'll be like, yeah, you know what, let, let me know of your offers. And um, It's very hard to unsubscribe from good chocolate, I'm afraid. So you've got a good, you've got a good yeah. niche there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Tell us then about, a bit about, because I know you went on the Dragon's Den as well. So was that at the early days? I mean, and and you got a few offers or, and I think it was Deborah Meaden, wasn't it? Um, but what made you like, say no to that then was it because you didn't want to like go into too much share that was quite interesting what it was um at that point in time we had the little almond drinks and we were launching into Waitrose so we did need you know we'd bootstrapped the business we'd reinvested everything for four years and then we were at the point where we did need invest investment so um they reached out a couple of years in a row we were like okay you know what it'd be mad to miss out the opportunity so we we got through and um yeah, Deborah Meaden, you know, gave us an offer. She understood the vision. And at that point, we also needed the money to um, launch the chocolate category, which I couldn't say too much about on the programme, but yeah. but she understood that. And, um, you know, when she was like 30%, you know, when you're talking into percentages. And, and then when I'm oh, looking, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. And then when I'm looking back on like the time where I've spent like 18 hour days, you know, with the business and all the sacrifices that moved country I left my husband in a random country I moved in with his parents without my husband and I was like you know I just had a flashback when I talked to the wall and I was like no I'm not doing this and yeah we need the money but we'll find it elsewhere and so you'll have like, had all the the people the viewers going take it take the offer take the offer yeah, all screaming at but look at what look at where you are now because you listen to your intuition and we we often talk about that on the show our intuition our spirituality and and just some you know different approaches to situations and obviously you just listen to your gut on that and you were right yeah yeah do you do, oh, talking about like intuition and things I always love to ask guests when they come on as well do you have any like practices that you do like in I don't know in faith or in uh, spirituality or in just in general that, that kind of keeps you quite grounded you seem like I know how much you must be having going on I mean I have like one cafe and I'm, my head's like all over the place but you're a global like a well, national brand across Britain and I think how do you keep that sense of balance do you do yoga do you do any meditation or anything like that you know you know what I wish I could say yes and <laughs> I think I did used to when I had like two children I did have more time to do like my daily practices my daily rituals but since I've had the third like it just it just threw me off and I just didn't get time to do much and sometimes yeah I can wake up a little bit earlier 
but then I'd rather sleep. Me too. (laughs) I love how honest you are though, because you know, some people just kind of go, oh yes, I do this every morning. But actually, you know, when you have young kids, it's really challenging. And and sometimes you have to make it just an approach to life, like change you, you know, these rituals can just become part of like being nice to people and being present with all your employees or your kids and and start to implement these in the day yeah. and get more sleep because it'll make you feel better right? but Listen, sleep I mean, is nurturing you know sleep is so important for your well-being like it literally yeah. you know what it does for your body is insane so take the like, sleep but my, my husband Marnev he wrote he wrote a book no he read a book you know I think it's called Matthew Walker sleep and oh, basically yeah. it's like a book 300 pages and telling you how important sleep is and you know to go for that you know eight hours and you know how you get ailments later on in life like dementia and things it's all related to not getting enough sleep in your younger years and you you know you can't beg and borrow sleep so you can't have like a late night on a weekend and you know think you'll make up for it in the week you know you got sleep is just I know the importance of it and thing is when I was waking up and feeding the baby in the night and you know I was like, no, I'd rather, I can't wake up. And I'm an armchair philosopher because I will tell everyone else what to do, like in terms of, you know, <laughs> journaling. You know, you should journal, but, you know, in gratitude journaling and, you know, these stretches for yoga. And, you know, I got even a Peloton bike, you know, over lockdown. Did I, I use it? That. No, I didn't. I didn't use it at all. Um, but, you know. and I and wonder how many enough, people bought them in lockdown and never used them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my husband used it. I was yeah. quite heavily pregnant. I was pregnant. And I thought that'll keep me fit, but I, I didn't use it. And then, um, but saying that, I have just started like exercising again. You know, I used to be one of those people, you know, pre-children that used to be at the gym at like six o'clock waiting for the gym to open. Like I used to be really into my fitness and I've done yoga on and off for years, but it's just when I get, I go through stages when I get time um I will do it but if I don't and I'd rather kind of prioritize sleep and and sometimes you know like I've recently I'm like I have to do it regardless of whether I wake up on time so on a weekend I'll get like the mats out and I've got Apple Fitness so I'll put it on the TV and I'll get two or three yoga mats out and the kids will do it with me and um, like get them involved in it because it for them seeing you do anything even if it's just five minutes I think Often yeah. people think we have to fit in like an hour and it's like just doing it when you can, like even just a yeah. bit of stretching. I like, do you ever listen to that Rangan Chatterjee's podcast? Because he always says like he just yes. has these three, the three M's in the morning. Is it mindfulness, mindset and movement or what, something like that? And he yeah. goes downstairs and he just does it in five minutes while he's getting ready for work with his yeah. kids. He reads a little quote and he does this. And I just think that's nice because we, yeah. we've got to simplify our lives. We can't, because then if you put too much pressure on yourself, you're constantly yeah. worrying about, oh, I've not done that today, and you feel guilty. <laughs> I, yeah. I do that. You're you're playing catch up at the moment. You've you've got a just under two year old. You know all those nights that you spent up and, you know, mulling around trying to wrangle a baby, and you've got two of the kids as well. You're playing catch up. You're entitled to your sleep, so you've got to enjoy. Yeah. It. And also, we spend half our lives asleep, or we should. So, guys, invest in a good yeah. mattress. That's all I have to say. Yeah, but 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 yeah, it's it's so true. But the thing is, I mean, I say that I prioritize sleep, but then. I do scramble and wake up and then try and, you know, get them fed and ready and out before the house by a certain time. But I must admit, when I do have those days where I do the ritual in the morning where I wake up, you know, early, you know, at six o'clock, you know, and have that hour before they wake up, 
you know, to, you know, like my, yeah, like to, you know, I'm Sikh. So I, you know, put on some, you know, chanting in the background and I try and meditate a little bit and then I will do a bit of exercise. But on the day that I feel like, I feel euphoric. Like I you feel do, do. so yeah, good exactly. and I feel ready for the day. And, you know, it's only more recently I've been able to do that because I am getting the sleep, but that is my intention going forward. To do. We need to go to bed earlier and turn off our phones before we get <laughs> <Yeah>. to sleep. <laughs> because I swear that scrolling and all the Instagram requests and all these emails we do just takes up so much valuable time where we could be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's so true. And, and you know, on, on the other hand, there's so much noise as well in life. And, you know, sometimes, you know, with all these WhatsApp mothers groups, you know, for school and, and things like that. And I don't, I don't have time for a social life. And I do find that when I pair back, like, I mean, I, I, I am a sociable person. I do love seeing my friends and things like that, but I don't get to, I don't get to socialize because I don't have time for it. But when I do cut down the noise, I feel better. But then sometimes seeing friends does feed the soul. And when I see them, I think, why don't I see you more often? And then I think, because I don't have time to see you more yeah. often. It's like an ongoing cycle, isn't it? Like, I mean, how long have we been trying to get, catch a coffee for? Probably since lockdown. Like after yeah. lockdown, we're like, right, we're going to go for a coffee, you know, and we try and arrange it. And then we just, so we'll have to try and do that. But I'm exactly like you at the moment. I feel like, especially I'm 38 weeks pregnant now and I'm, part of me just wants to throw my phone out the window but mm. I know I've got so many commitments I'm just going through a handover selling my business and and I keep yeah. pestering her to do things I'm going <laughs> well can you do this I think we should be doing this and it's oh. it's the, the lists they get longer they don't seem to reduce I've got bathroom fitters downstairs which yeah. I was like hush hush I'm going on a podcast and like it's yeah. just kind of crazy my life at the moment but I've, my doula put me on this project like you have to say no for a week to things so I didn't I didn't do it in the last week but I was like actually we should yeah. all do that one just yeah. have one week obviously we have she said you've got to do you know your work commitments and different there's a, a difference but to some things that you don't really need to say yes well like organizing you know to you know go to that party or do that extra thing yeah. we can always have we have chance to say no and just have some us time to ourselves yeah. what do you yeah, like important. to do what do you like to do when if if you have the time and there was a magic wand what is it that you would do in that time Funnily enough, funny you say that, because I've just turned 40 a few weeks ago and my husband surprised us with a trip to New York. So we went to New York for one week without the kids. I mean, that was a luxury. And, and, you know, we're very lucky that Marla's parents looked after the kids and, you know, they held fort back home. But you know what? We woke up at six o'clock in the morning and we stayed in this hotel where they have um, a, a gym, like downstairs, like all these classes, like Pilates, um, athletic conditioning, spinning, everything you w- could imagine. So we woke up six o'clock every morning. We did a class. You know, we had. Oh, you smoothie. are good. <laughs> That's yeah. great. So I, I, I did like my daily rituals there. And um, I think that was it. it it's just if you say magic wand I did have that that was my reality kind of for a week and so I woke up kind of did my meditation and then I went and did a class in the morning and then had my smoothie had a long shower like the longest shower um you know where it's not like 30 seconds you're a toddler <laughs> staring at you through the glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the first day, oh, that like, sounds this is, 
is it just is like a long shower we need to prioritize like more time for ourselves because you know work is important obviously but we have to prioritize our time and especially in relationships as well like so important with kids isn't it but you know what I've started doing that more recently prioritizing myself first and I didn't used to do that I used to be exhausted but always put the children first but if you put yourself first you you will be the best version of yourself for your children for your partner for everybody at work and you have to prioritize that it's a non-negotiable for me well, now on the on flights the the masks drop down and you put it on yourself and then you put it on your children yeah. right and you know there's a lesson in that i guess um, yeah now i don't we, we actually do this ritual at the end of the show and we're kind of yeah. coming to it sort of a natural close here where we draw cards um like affirmation cards and april always has them at the ready there she is shuffling I away today the daily gratitude cards inspirational card deck for guidance so these ones should be good for our day today um but let's so see we'll have little, let's have a little shuffle let's that. see what we get okay so this one is on gratitude gratitude oh it's deepak chopra i love it and um, gratitude opens the door to power the wisdom the creativity of the universe And it says, take some time today for a creative activity to connect with the wellspring that's been within you this whole time. (laughs) This could be classed as a creative activity, guys, what we're doing right now. Talking, you know, it's it's therapeutic for for, for us all, possibly. Well, especially us women, like we need to be supporting women. I'm on a mission to bring that together. And I think that's part of why we created this podcast too. I just have to thank you today, Rumi, because... You know, just to have inspiring people on like yourself and to give people a little bit of nuggets of wisdom on maybe it might inspire someone to set up their own business or take that jump, you know, in careers or, you know, just to have balance within their set work-life balance. And it's been a lovely conversation today and just to talk about all the things we have. And um, yeah, it's given me lots of inspiration for the future as well. It really has. And what's really nice is you're super grounded and relatable. And I think a lot of people will be able to connect with what you're saying and that's why, where they'll find the inspiration that April's talking about, because you're super real and honest. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I think it's just really important to be honest. And I think that's a value for me as a person. And I brought that into the business. We're very kind of honest and transparent. And I'm very emotional. I'm a crier. Like I will cry at work, you know, and I'll cry at home in front of the children. But I think it's just really important to, you know, to to be real um and authentic to yourself I guess yeah yeah that authenticity and I think if anyone is thinking of doing something it's possible like anything is possible like just to if you're thinking about it just don't think too much just go out and do it because sometimes you can be an armchair philosopher in the sense that you'll do all of the research and then you know, you won't start it. But then once you start it, things change, things adapt, just like we did. We started off with one category and we ended up in something, you know, completely different. But we didn't know that until we started it. So, so there you uh, go, guys. Yeah, yeah, take, take risks, risks in life. and anything yeah. is possible. I think that's a lovely way to, to close the show. Thanks so much Absolutely. for being on. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. If you've enjoyed listening to With Intention, why not give us a fabulous rating? Help us connect with more like-minded people like yourselves and build out our fabulous community. Or subscribe to our podcast and you'll never miss an episode.